It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we are fresh off the weekend in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, Colin, and we have some winners and losers today. We're doing it. What a beautiful time. I I wanted to call it something different because it's like, man, you know, all these guys, they're they're going out there, they're trying their hardest, and then uh, you're like, no, we're we're going winners and losers. You know, we got the catchy headline, got the searchability, and here we are doing winners and losers. And honestly, there, there were definitely some winners in there, and a few of these position groups were definitely some losers, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I mean... I just I hate calling anybody a loser coming out because especially when we're talking about guys that you know we expect to have some sort of a role in the upcoming dynasty draft. But the fact of the matter is, we've we talked about it last week in our combine preview. It's not the whole story, but it is part of the story. The testing in Indianapolis. So we're gonna jump into it. There were some interesting results. This is by no means an all-inclusive list. I mean, there are many, many players we could talk about here, but we are going to, as we did last week, focus on some of the top performers for the winners category and then uh, just highlight some of the more disappointing acts in the losers category. So it is, it is a very inclusive list, though. It's not like we're only talking about four or five guys here. It's true. There are many, many names we'll go through, but I'm that's what I'm saying, man. Like there's, we could have talked about about 50 more, but let's start with the quarterbacks. And as we did with our preview episode, we are just going to highlight the main storylines coming out of the weekend because obviously athletic testing isn't really as important for quarterbacks, but don't tell Anthony Richardson that, Colin, because <laughs> the man who we all knew was an athletic freak just so happened to be the freakiest freak of all the freaks ever at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, he just came out and destroyed the entire combine. You know, we talk about winners and losers and who's going to be the overall winner. And we left quarterbacks out of that discussion last week. But Anthony Richardson just came out, and, I mean, th- this is what we were waiting to see. We were like, okay, how, how – like, what kind of numbers are we going to see out of Anthony Richardson? Then he just goes out and puts out the best 40 time for a quarterback, the best vertical jump for a quarterback, the best broad jump for a quarterback. And it's like, man, he did doing all this at 6'4", 244. It's – almost unheard of and then these physical tools mixed with the throws that you see him do i mean man this is going to be a fun career arc to follow yeah i mean we'll be referencing the ras metric score quite a bit today and anthony richardson was a perfect 10 in that department he was unbelievable and i mean like i said for quarterbacks the athletic testing it it is what it is But for a player like Anthony Richardson, who, I mean, part of the appeal with with a guy like this is his athleticism, his rushing ability, and to see him come out and be 
sort of a one of one in that department. I mean, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. And I mean, obviously we talked about it last week uh, with him kind of climbing the boards a little bit. I, I feel like it's only going to, it's only going to keep going from here, man, with this performance that he had. Yeah, I agree. And people are comparing him to Cam Newton. He personally said that he likens his game as a blend between Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. Um, but I mean, you look at Newton and Richardson side by side and it's like, you know, Richardson has a 0.16 faster 40 time and he's all basically the same height and weight. Uh, and I mean, as much as you want to take into a vertical and broad jump out of a quarterback, it still kind of determines the athleticism and explosiveness they have in the lower body, which is pretty crucial for slinging the rock. So, uh, I mean, no matter what you say about the, the, the quarterbacking that Richardson puts out there, the base athleticism that he gives you the like secondary player that Richardson is where if the play breaks down, you got, you got a special guy back in the you know quarterback in your offense. Let me ask you something. Last week you said Anthony Richardson quarterback one, obviously what we talk about in these parts is fantasy. Is he your quarterback one for the NFL draft? Uh, he's my quarterback two for the NFL draft. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about the other guy that's my quarterback one a little later. But uh, for fantasy, obvious reasons, I mean, the rushing upside. You saw Justin Fields throwing like 160 yards a game last year and still like putting up 50 bombs in fantasy. So, I mean, that's the kind of upside you're, you're looking at with Richardson. So, uh, yeah, definitely the – the idea of him potentially being the 101 in Superflex drafts now, even with like Bijan in this class being what we consider to be the, you know, the crown jewel, Anthony Richardson is making a case to be that 101. And then if he goes one overall in the NFL, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people talking about him a, a lot differently. That's that's why. Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously fantasy, there's a certain draw to players like this. And I mean, maybe even more so now with this, you know, number behind him, people can talk themselves into him from a fantasy upside perspective pretty easily. But I'm I'm curious to see what happens in the NFL world with this guy, because I mean, obviously, there's some other talented quarterbacks, but. I mean, he's doing everything he needs to at this point to really put himself in the conversation with some of these other top quarterbacks, such as C.J. Stroud, who had a very different jaw-dropping performance at the Combine, but nonetheless, he made some major, major waves in the throwing session, Colin. And that, obviously, they're in spandex, there's nothing going on there, but a guy like Stroud needs to look like he did in that in that environment where there's no other factors at play except his arm and his ability to put the ball exactly where it needs to go and he did it time and time and time again and man I'm telling you I it's it's just Indianapolis it's just a little you know spandex throwing performance but I think Stroud is 
is doing himself some favors as well. As much as Richardson was running away with the athletic testing, I think a lot of people are starting to settle into this idea of C.J. Stroud being a top-tier, you know, very much worthy of that second overall selection, assuming that another guy is going first right now. Yeah, I, I mean, Stroud Stroud is my QB1 for NFL purposes. And really? He is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Stroud, because of the kind of thing that you saw today, or not today, but, you know, in the combine, where he is on the money every single time. You, you know, you, you throw around the phrase, you know, dropping dimes kind of loosely. I have full confidence that CJ Stroud could literally hit a dime on any part of the field. And he showed arm strength that I wasn't a hundred percent sure that he had where he threw a ball 67 yards in the air in a bucket to a receiver, you know, it, it kind of hit him in stride. And then he's hitting the corner routes. He's hitting the flats. He's hitting every single throw you could ask a quarterback to make. And then you bake that into what you see on tape. And I think a lot of people think a Stroud is a statue. And it's not only the Georgia tape that you can see him use his feet, but he's not only a improviser back there where he can move around the pocket and navigate and uh, manipulate defenders with his feet, but he can move a little bit. And I think I wish he would have ran the 40 just to give us an idea of like what, what we're looking at, but uh, they'll go run downhill at the Ohio state with their own stopwatches at their pro day. But I mean, Stroud, man, he just feels like a, a great prospect. And this, this accuracy showcase that he put on was really impressive. Yeah. I, I mean, I went into the season with kind of CJ Stroud on the inside track to be my cute quarterback one. And it's him and Bryce Young have been neck and neck for me the whole way through. I mean, as Bryce sort of ran away with things, I've always kind of had them just right next to each other. Like I, I've never really seen that separation point happen. And I think it is really, really close for like it. It could go either way when I have to, you know, make my final evaluation for NFL purposes, just for the fun of it. But it's also going to bleed into the fantasy implications of it because uh, obviously there are some, not concerns, but we don't have to worry about the size with CJ. Like CJ is the guy. He's got the frame. He's got the arm. He's got the talent. I mean, there's nothing to really worry about with him. Whereas a guy like Bryce, obviously we're worrying about some things. Now that being said, Colin, I told you that there was pretty much no chance in hell that Bryce Young gets to the combine weighing over 200 pounds. And in fact, that is what happened. He came in at 205. I think it was about 205. I mean, it doesn't mean much. And I said it last week, it's not going to change anything for anybody, but it's just interesting that he managed to pack it on (laughs) in time to put that number on the scale. Yeah. I I briefly read that he was eating like 10 pancakes a day. Maybe (laughs) like there, there was, I mean, 204 is what the official weight was. 510. 
Yeah. Which I didn't. I thought he was going to be shorter than that, and that that gives him precedent that he didn't have before of players that are over or five ten and up, and uh, or five ten and two hundred five to two ten, and that's you know Michael Vick, that's Kyler. There's a those are like successful guys. Most of the other ones are not successful guys, but you know, if if you're betting on somebody to be an outlier at their size, it's going to be Bryce Young. And the difference between Bryce Young and Michael Vick and Kyler Murray is Bryce Young will not play at 204 because you look at Kyler and he's thick. You look at Mike Vick and he he was a little bigger than Bryce Young is, I can tell you that. Uh I think he played at 210 and so uh Bryce is going to I mean, he's going to play how he's always played. He did play at Alabama. He played against the best competition in college football. So you can't, like, you can't say that he's going to be too small. And the only thing that I'm worried about is hits accumulating. I mean, you saw Kyler. He breaks down almost every season after about 10 games. And Bryce runs less than Kyler, so he's going to take less hits than Kyler, I think. He's more of a pocket passer, but as guys get taller, guys get more athletic, and defense coordinators get smarter, it gets a lot harder to play quarterback, especially when you don't have the physical advantages of a guy like C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, even Will Levis, where you have the the height and the frame on top of uh, elite ability. So Bryce Young has everything you want in terms of ability, and then the frame's going to limit him. It's just a matter of time to see how much. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like everybody was so fixated on it, waiting to see it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because we all know that's not his playing weight. It won't be his playing weight. So the conversations will just continue. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. the the two guys we talked about first with Stroud and Richardson might have just made it a little bit of a more interesting conversation. Uh, at least for narrative purposes down the stretch, the very least, maybe we'll get some more of the, uh, you know, Richardson at one in the mock drafts and get the people talking. Yeah, seriously. And uh, I mean, the bears they're they're selling that pick. They're selling it real hard. So somebody, (laughs) somebody else is going to be at one. I don't know when they're going to be moving that pick, but it's, it's not staying with polls. All right. So that's the quarterback position. Fun stuff. I mean, those guys, Stroud and Richardson, made it really, really interesting here for the final stretch. But let's talk about the running backs, Colin. And winners from the combine for the running back position start with Zach Charbonnet. 100%. We said last week Charbonnet had the best path to solidify himself as that sort of second or third running back in the class, depending on your flavor. And he did it as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that from this point forward until the draft, any running back even sniffs the conversation for RB3. I think Charbonnet, Gibbs, and Bijan are the top three running backs in the class, and that's just what it is. Is, is Charbonnet my RB2? Is, I don't know. 
<laughs> no, uh, Charbonnet has locked himself to be at lowest RB three for me yeah. because he uh, he did everything that we asked him, like that we wanted him to do in the combine. I mean, four five three at the uh, in the forty, we said we wanted to be right around four five. He did that, and I, I think that's a very chubby number. You know, very very, very chubby, chubby number, very yeah. chubby. And then I was six foot two fifteen. I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is then he had a great vertical, great broad jump. So and he's just so fluid. And in the interviews, he's, I mean, sharp as attack. He said he's going back to UCLA to work on his pass catching, and that showed. So, I mean, there's not a lot of questions that Charbonnet has to answer before the this draft season before he goes in the nfl i think he walks in it, it i mean the last question to answer is draft capital and like where he's going to be but he could easily just walk in and be a team's three down back yeah 100 percent. i mean i fully expect after this performance he's a high day two player like he, he's getting drafted in the top half of the second round i'm i'm yeah. i'm fairly convinced of it at this point so yeah, I was I was so happy to see. I mean, we've been I'm gonna pat us on the back a little bit, man, because we've been we've been doing the Charbonnet thing for quite a while here, and I think it's all gonna start finally catching back up, and there won't be a conversation anymore about it. Yeah, we've been definitely the conductors of the Charbonnet train. I love it. Um, other winners, I mean, how about the man? <laughs> How about the man himself? I mean, <laughs> it's hard to win when you're already the king of the world, like Bijan Robinson is, but he still wins because if there was any, just any questions about him, it was the long speed. Some folks said maybe he's a four or five player and some really, really dumb folks, sorry to say it, said can you really be a generational running back talent if you're a four five player? Well, he's not. So good luck with that. He's got it all. Yeah, there there's nothing to complain about with with Bijan. I mean, you, the the fluidity, the explosiveness, the speed, the break tackle. I mean, it, it's the complete package. He got to the top of Mount Everest and invented the jetpack and just went a little higher. Yeah, 9.81 RAS, second among running backs at the Combine. I mean, he was the athlete we all think he was think he was going to be, and we already know who he is on tape. So, yeah, nothing. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up for that one. Hey, Anybody if he falls got a 101 to, to give me? Yeah, if he falls to 102 in your super flex draft, you should feel blessed. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, well, how about this one, though? All right, so we know about Bijan, we know about Charbonnet, but how about Chase Brown, man? How about Chase Brown? I mean, how about him? We, I feel like this has been like two months straight of us being like, I gotta go back to Chase Brown. I gotta see what this is all about. He has a good Senior Bowl. Now he comes to the combine. Nine point seven five on the RAS. I mean. He tested off the charts. Honestly, the the speed was a little bit surprising to me. The four four three number. Yeah, I was not expecting that. So there's 
again, I'm going to say it. I got to go back. <laughs> I, I just got to go back and watch them. I have not watched enough. We're in the final stretch here now until the draft where you got to start kind of going back to the players you haven't put your stamp on yet. He's on the top of the list for me coming out of this weekend. Yeah, I've always had this kind of feeling about Chase Brown where I'm like, man, I feel like this is a really good player, but it's just like, I don't know. There's something here that I feel like I'm missing or I feel like he should be talked about more than he is. And then he goes and lights the combine on fire. And the only thing poorly that he has is his size because he's a small guy. I mean, he's 5'9", 210, but outside of that he's just been excellent he was great at illinois and uh i will be talking about his brother later on because they're both athletic freaks and just got to show it this weekend or this week in the combine yeah i'm excited to watch i mean obviously we know 1600 yards 10 touchdowns this year he's he's been doing it all right just flying under the radar. One of these many, many running backs that we have to consider in that middle sort of tier of the class. So on the loser's side for the running backs, though, I mean, it's kind of hard. A lot of them didn't test. I mean, just plain and simple. I mean, you you don't have a lot of the numbers here from the guys that... Cowards. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but he said it. And... Maybe this is unfair, but Sean Tucker, where is it, man? Where is it? I mean, this was a this was a pure and simple opt out. You have some injuries related things happening where people aren't testing because of that. Sean Tucker was just a straight up opt out of the testing. And this was a player that I thought could have helped himself a lot with how I expected him to test. I mean, again, this is a player who's kind of some people really, really, really love him and have him way higher than I think he is. Some people have him lower. He's not doing anything to answer those questions right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I I thought that Tucker was going to be similar to Chase Brown, where he was going to show up, he's going to light up the combine and then get eyes on him, get like people buzzing about his name. And he just didn't do that. He weighed in. He's five or got measured. He's five nine two oh seven, which is pretty much the same as Chase Brown. And he's this uh, explosive athlete. He's got long speed. He has some burst and a little bit of wiggle. And I just feel like he would have tested well, and he decided not to. And so I I don't know if they're waiting on the pro day over in Syracuse, and that's what they're gonna do, but. I don't think he helped himself at all by not testing. I mean, I there it just seems like this is the kind of thing that Tucker would would be good at. Like this is this is set up for him the athleticism test, and what he the best thing he's got going for him as a running back is his athleticism, and he turns this down. So I I didn't love it. I I understand if you. You know, you got your nursing injury like Kincaid, and so you don't test, and we just don't get to see you, and we're like, oh, man, I wish I would have saw Kincaid. When it's like, hey, I'm not going to the combine. I'm just not going to do my testing. I'm just going to weigh in, and it's for who knows what reason. I, I don't love that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, what is the reason? 
And the first thing you have to jump to is, are the numbers not going to be as good as people expect? And that's why you're not doing it because that's really the only reason there's like guys who we expect to test really, really, really well. Sometimes we'll sit out because, you know, we already think they're going to test really well. So why even, why even do it? Well, I mean, maybe that's what he's thinking here and we're just going to wait till the pro day and get that whole deal. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not a, he, he's not in the top tier of, of running backs, you know, in the class. So at that point, like put the numbers on the screen, man, like make your mark, give, your, give yourself a chance to like get teams to talk about you. Give yourself an opportunity to move up the board a little bit, or even just create some buzz around the Sean Tucker name to the people that, didn't have you on their board give give us something but even if you go like four or five like that that wouldn't be great for sean tucker but you're you're giving us a frame of reference right now it's just sean tucker out of syracuse he's five nine two oh seven we don't love him how about the wide receiver category i could sit here and probably talk about this one for about an hour this is where you have a lot of players, man, that just, I mean, it, it's, it's innate. It's by nature of the class with how deep it runs. We keep saying that like, but you really saw it this last week at the combine because you had so many players from all spectrums of the class that were testing super well. And in some cases, maybe even putting themselves into a conversation that they weren't previously a part of. So we got a few winners on this one, quite a few actually, because I want to hit on some of these different tiers of the class. And you got to start at the top because we got to see Jackson Smith and Jigba on a football field again. (laughs) And how good was that? How good was that, man? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Jackson basically blew away all of the tests that he did he outside of the vertical he had a great broad jump uh didn't do the 40 which we uh, didn't know for sure if he was going to do it or not um but i mean the shuttle and the three cone he was basically he he was top five all time in both that is the short area quickness that you get with jackson and man this guy is just fluid as all hell gets in and out of his breaks in a hurry the long listen i don't know how many times i can reiterate how much i don't care that he's not necessarily gonna run away from people because the people aren't by him because he's always open this guy is just the ultimate technician and i don't think it's limited to the slot like i people will keep knocking him saying that he's a slot player and I feel like we just didn't get the opportunity to see him play this year because there's no doubt in my mind that Jackson can play the Z and the Y like there what are we talking about because Marvin played the X and I guarantee you he could have played opposite of him and then in the 2021 offense you got garrett wilson and chris olave there so obviously you don't need him on the outside and he excels in the slot so keep him in the slot but it still doesn't mean he cannot play on the outside so i think this narrative is just getting so tired that he's slow and he only plays slot because 
This guy is so damn good. I don't think it matters where you put him. He's going to make it work. Well, this is the first step in destroying the narratives. This was step one because not athletic enough. That's what you heard. Like, can you even fathom how ridiculous that is? I mean, we last week when we talked about this, I said the agility drills, he will be phenomenal. And anybody could have told you the same thing. And I don't, I don't think anybody would have told you the same thing. That's my problem. Well, is right. that I mean, a lot that, of people aren't saying that he's gonna crush the agility drills. You came on here and say it, it's a matter of fact because it it should have been. It should just be assumed. Yeah, and I mean that's what I'm saying here. Like, I mean, just destroy the narratives one by one. He's not athletic enough. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Take a look at how he did. Everybody's talking about him. I mean, the receiving drills, he looked phenomenal. He looked like the guy we all remember. I mean, it's just going to be one step after the next of destroying the narratives that were created by this lost season. That's all it was. That's all it was. He, he has always been wide receiver one. He will continue to be wide receiver one. He will break down every single argument against him that has been put in his way while he has not been playing football. So this was step one, and it was amazing to see it. Amazing to see it. And honestly, I hope when we get to the NFL draft that teams see it as well. That Teams are going to see it. They, they, they've known all along, right, who this player is. And I let you know, we're going to talk about some of the other players in the class, but at this point, I can't see a I can't see a situation where you draft another wide receiver in this class above Jackson Smith and Jigba. Doesn't just make the, sense. Just the slow guy coming off a season-ending hamstring injury. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, otherwise, maybe not the top of this class, man. But we got to talk about Bryce Ford Wheaton because this was the player that comes in and does all of the things and everybody who's watching says who the hell is this guy because he had a 9.96 RAS was best among all wide receivers at the combine he is 6 foot 4 221 so he's got the size that the class doesn't have and he's the most athletic wide receiver in the class, apparently. So, I mean, I, I'll i just start by saying I liked what I saw from Bryce Ford Wheaton in the season when we were following along with the games. Uh, he was sort of a sleeper player for me. Seeing this performance definitely vaults him into that, like, day three guy that you really are paying attention to. I don't think this is going to get him higher than that. Maybe it will, but I went back and rewatched the film on him uh, after the combine. And I still, you know, I still see him as a day three player. Like the testing can't erase the tape, um, but he's certainly more of an interesting dart throw kind of guy with this size and athleticism blend. I think, Bryce Ford Wheaton did what we thought Quentin Johnston was going to do. 
<laughs> we we wanted Johnson to be the 6'4", 215, 220 X wide receiver that ran a 4'3'8". I mean, if you if you covered up the name and gave it to me before the combine, you're like, yeah, who did this? I think I'd have been like, man, Quinn Johnson, <laughs> hell of a day. Right. Uh, but no, Bryce Ford Wheaton, man. I, when you talk about winners of the combine, I I had to push to get his name on this list, but you know, it, 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 I did, <laughs> really? I did, I did. I'm just saying. I just got you Bryce had to Ford push. Wheaton. You were like, hey, he stinks. Okay, I don't want him here. Get him off the program. And is, I was like, hey, we're doing, we're doing live on the podcast. <laughs> we're doing combine winners and losers. And he put together a freaky combine at a position that's important in Dynasty. So keep him in mind with your third and fourth round picks. And you might have a, a you know a guy with a low floor and a high ceiling right here in Bryce. Yeah, just to just to paint a little background on the player for anybody not familiar with Mountaineers football, 675 yards, seven touchdowns for Bryce. Uh, what put him on my radar was Week One, the game that everybody was watching, Pittsburgh and West Virginia. He was balling out. He was getting funneled targets in that game, 16 targets. In that game, uh, JT Daniels throwing him the ball. And so 97 yards, two touchdowns. I was like, damn, it's a big guy. Looks pretty fast. Looks pretty good. From that point forward, he had 152 yards the next week, two touchdowns. Seems like he's in for a breakout season. And from there, it was pretty up and down. Uh, a lot of 30s, a lot of 20s, you know, just not not great the rest of the way. So, Again, testing is only testing. Probably still a day three player for me, but fun nonetheless. And a guy to certainly go back, pay attention to a little bit closer, try to find some extra film on him to figure out exactly where he falls in the dynasty draft part of this whole thing. Uh, another player that fits a similar bill to that is Andre Yosevas from Princeton. So this one was a little bit more expected, Colin. We talked about Yosevas uh, going into the Senior Bowl week, I'm pretty sure, because he was that Princeton wide receiver that's going to have his opportunity to compete alongside of some real you know, guys from some bigger programs. And he looked good. He looked good there, and he tested off the charts, which is what we kind of expected from him, but maybe even more so than what I was personally expecting because we know he's a track guy. He ran obviously really well, but the explosive numbers were also excellent and he does have a little bit of size as well. So this is a guy, you know, there's not a lot of Princeton film out there on the interwebs, but I'm going to be trying to snatch up everything I can with Yosevas because I, I think he's got some legitimate day two potential. Yeah, this is, I think we said before the senior bowl, this is the, the Christian Watson of the class where it's this freak athlete from a smaller school that is just going to start climbing draft boards because he's, you know, big, he's tall, and he's fast. And that's what teams are looking for when they're trying to take a flyer on a receiver. They're looking for the guy that they can burn down the sideline and every once in a while make a contested catch over the top of somebody. So, yeah, 6'3", 205 with a 4'4", 3", you can't really ask a whole lot more than that. And again, if you covered up the name and asked me 
who you think this is before the combine. Right, right. I I probably wouldn't have guessed Yosevas. I probably would have guessed Quinn Johnston. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just going to slander Quinn Johnson the whole time. I get it. <laughs> I get it, man. I Yeah, I Quinn Johnson. Well, I mean, let's, let's talk about Quinn Johnson. Yeah. I mean, why not? Because I don't have him as a winner. I also don't have him as a loser. I thought he was fine. I thought, honestly, the most impactful moment of the weekend for me was him saying, yeah, I know I got to work on my hands catching, and I've been doing that a lot. So that's great to hear because that's one of my main criticisms with him. Um, just seems like we're everybody's sort of slowly turning on Quentin Johnson, it feels like. I mean, there's this whole thing now with the big 12 wide receivers, Daniel Jeremiah's tweeting it out, like, list of first round big 12 wide receivers in the last 10 years like nobody's good basically uh except for like cd lamb or whatever i i don't know i'm not gonna worry about that i'm not gonna worry about the conference or any of this stuff but it's just it's interesting it's interesting to see that he kind of had the weekend that we were hoping he would have i mean maybe not to the degree that we were hoping he would have it but uh i thought it was all things considered a good showing for him but it just seems like the narrative's kind of twisting around a little bit yeah we talked about i mean we, we've talked about johnson at nauseum this entire process because he's been in that top three wide receiver discussion he was your three my two on our rankings episode and it's just like you said it feels like the narrative is just turning and we look at the the player and we expected this six four six five you know 210 215 220 pound freak athlete to come out and dominate the combine and that's why i keep talking about him and he doesn't do the testing and he measures in at what six two uh 210 or something like that and i just i i feel like i I was left wanting some more from Johnson and in, I I feel like Jackson's grabbing this momentum and, you know, Johnson's letting it slip. Like he's, he had the the chance to be the standout wide receiver one in this class. He had the chance to take the reins and Jackson is climbing back you know the 2021 tape is out there and starting to make its rounds again then he comes out and uh, dominates all the drills he does in the combine looks great in the wide receiver drills and uh, johnson has the one high point where it was like ooh, get the oohs and ahs but it just feels like he's he's losing a little bit of that lead that he might have had before where a lot of people had him as their wide receiver one just because they could see him become the x the alpha wide receiver yeah, I should clarify too. I mean, he did the explosive. He did the jumps. That's what mm-hmm. he did. So mm-hmm. in those areas, he did what we wanted him to do, what we expected. I mean, he had the fourth highest vertical and the third highest broad. So, I mean, he was explosive. But like you said, he measures in shorter than we thought he was. He doesn't run. So, yeah, I the, it, it's an interesting situation, something I will be considering very closely as we... I just I don't understand why you don't run yeah well I, I I don't like I I guess I don't understand why you do the jumps and you don't run 
Well, like that's, if you're, it goes back to what I said with Tucker, where he knows he can jump. Does he doubt he can run the way that people think he's going to run? Yeah, but now we all know that he's slower than we think. Well, like, like <laughs> we that's don't the no. See, that's the problem. Like, we don't know. Like, he could have given any reason for not running. But I mean, that's what my mind jumps to is like, if you're choosing not to run, then you probably don't want us to know what your time is. So, which means I, it's going to be slow. Well, I know. I'm just saying. I. It's I'm not I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with this and I'm not happy with another one of my top receivers performances. I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. The combine's not everything, but it is a process. It's part of the uh, part of the story to get to these guys here to get to the draft. So it all plays in. Uh, but there's a few other winners I want to talk about before we get to more negative conversation. Uh <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, I feel the need to just publicly come here and acknowledge the performance that he had because obviously you and I are both lower on Hyatt than a lot of folks. And, you know, there's, you know, even the conversations about him being a first round NFL wide receiver, he tested really well. I mean, he did what he needed to do, he did all the drills, he put up some really nice numbers. I mean, he wasn't a four, three player like a lot of people thought he might be, but honestly, man, at that size, I think people see the four, four and it's like, Oh, he's not a four, three, but like, come on, man. I mean, that's, that's fast. That's He's a big dude, lanky dude. He's really, really athletic. He's got the jumps and he's got the four, four flat speed. So he did all the things, man. He did all the things he needed to do. Uh, here yeah. to confirm himself 100 percent. this is i think the best deep threat in the draft and it's i don't know if it's close and he came out and did what we wanted to see the the 4-4 like you said is not slow where people were disappointed by the 4-4 i mean at six foot 176 and he's walking on stilts i mean the guy like is all legs 4-4 is good like i am very happy with that and he, he looked really nice in the receiver drills. I think he had one bad drop on a Levis ball, but outside of that, he looked great. I mean, we know he can catch a deep ball. I, I could tell you that. That's a, So, I, I mean, the, the things he has to work on were not going to be issues in the combine because the things we're worried about are can you beat a real defense? Can you run, you know, can you be a number one receiver in a real NFL type of offense? We don't know yet to be seen, but we weren't going to figure that out in the combine, and he did great in the combine. So, yeah, I uh, I mean, great athlete, and I, I hope he goes – if he's going to go in the first round, which I expect him to, hope he goes to the Chargers because they need somebody to stretch that field for Justin Herbert, and he can let it rip. Rasheed Rice, man. Yeah. I, I was blown away. Honestly, I was blown away. I was not expecting this at all. My thoughts on Rasheed Rice were that he wasn't the best athlete. And that was a limiting factor for him at the wide receiver position. I felt like his ability to separate was maybe hindered by his less than ideal athleticism. 
I still think he does have a bit of an issue with separation, and we did see that at the Senior Bowl as well, but it's not due to his athleticism because he tested ridiculously well, and I was honestly shocked by it. 9.65 on the RAS for Rasheed Rice. I mean, that is like... I mean, he he was one of the best athletes at the wide receiver position at, at the whole combine. Yeah, I I didn't expect this at all, because like you said, there's there is something to Rasheed where there's issues with his separation ability, and then it's like yeah, and he also plays at SMU, so lack of separation plus being athletically dominant over the caliber of opponents that SMU plays might not be super enticing to somebody. But then you look at the scores in a vacuum. You know, this is what we're talking about with the combine, where is he relatively athletic or is he just athletic? And it turns out Rasheed Rice just is an athlete. I mean, 4-5 isn't a blazer but we didn't expect him to be a blazer. That's not what we're looking for, where he gets his separation vertically. And, I mean, the broad jump at 41 inches? Jesus Christ. Like, that is insane. And I I don't even know if I saw that on tape, but I know he knows how to high point the ball. And yeah. if he's getting up 41 inches in the air off a, like off a vert, that's nuts. And, I mean, the 4-5 or five does plenty for him. So... I think he he definitely impressed me, and I think he might have moved a, at least a slot or two up at somebody's draft board. Yeah, the four five one is is fine. Like that's yeah. that's fine at his size. What's really impressive is the one point four nine, the ten yard split, fourth yeah. best among all wide receivers with that. So, yeah, man, I'm I. That definitely, again, this is all, it's all helpful to, you know, it's, it's in a vacuum. Now you go back to the film and you say, okay, am I seeing what I should be seeing from a player that tested like this? And if that sort of stuff matches up, if the separation issues that occasionally pop up with him are technique based, then you feel a lot better about that than when it's athleticism based. Yeah. And he's really nice after the catch. Yes. Yes. So. Um, last one I wanted to talk about. This is a weird one. I want to get your thoughts on this. Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. We talked about Mingo maybe once or twice during the season from Ole Miss kind of fits that mold of like a gadget player almost where he's a little stocky. They, they lined him up all over at Ole Miss, get him, get him in on end arounds and things like that. But he also had some really, really nice games stretching the field as a wide receiver, and man, he he was ridiculous. I mean, the guy is just jacked out of his mind, and he he benched incredibly well. Uh, I think he had like the second most reps on the bench for wide receivers, and he also was an athletic freak in the process. I mean, he had a this was your second most athletic wide receiver, nine point nine three. The guy behind Bryce Ford Wheaton was Jonathan Mingo. Size wise, I mean, I call him a gadget guy, but like. 6'1", 220, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, he, it's kind of – he's kind of a fun player. Yeah, he, and he has massive hands. Yeah. 10.38-inch <laughs> hands? I mean, Jesus. So, th- this guy is just, like, built to be that wide receiver. You get the ball in his hands and he can go break a couple tackles. 
it's it's kind of reminiscent of a uh, Traylon Burks built player without like it, Burks is a more talented version of Jonathan Mingo. He's like the Pokemon pre-evolution of Burks, and <laughs> yeah. then AJ Brown is like the max evolution. <laughs> I love so. It. So it, it you know Ole Miss pumps out these like hyper athletic wide receivers, and I mean here's another one down the assembly line. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go back and watch Mingo's film because uh, it was I mean kind of an up and down season, but man the the ups were really nice, really really nice. So exciting stuff. Um, I got two losers for the wide receiver category, and the first one is Kayshawn Boutte. We're going to get this. Boutte. Is yep. it Boutte? Boutte. 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 All right. We've been, we've been all over the board on this. I think it's we're finally going to lock in Boutte. Yeah, Boutte. It's like boo. It's like boutique without the k. There it's it boutique. is. All right. It's not it's, like booty. You right. Know, like an ass. <laughs> which we there's a few clips out on the interwebs of us calling him Keishon booty but to be fair somebody called him at first i don't just make this stuff up like this no, is we espn our, yeah, we try our best to like actually nail down the right pronunciation so we don't sound like assholes you know we're not just gonna be because we were we started with boute right and then we corrected it to booty to, to booty and now apparently yeah. it's booty Right. So who knows at this point? Whatever it is, he's bad, bad <laughs> might, performance. Might as well be Kayshawn Booty. <laughs> oh. I mean, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, so I've, you know, we this is a player with a very tumultuous background. We've gone through this whole thing from the beginning of the college football season till right now. But this marker his last stop essentially before the draft. I mean, what I, the, the tape is bad this year and his whole shtick is that he was the athlete. He was the athlete of this class. That's why people thought he was wide receiver one going into the season in some cases. And he wasn't that at all. I mean, the tw- 29 inch vertical is the one that I'm going to circle in red pen. Yeah, I, there there was nothing good about the combine for Booty. Like all of this, he the the RAS the relative athletic score goes on a scale of zero to ten, and we've been talking about people nine nine point nine nine point eight nine point six. He had a four point seven three. It was horrid, and that is capped off by like you said a twenty nine inch vertical. Like man. There, there's people I know that are average people that can get over a 29 inch vertical, like, and this is supposed to be the the raw athlete that could have some off the field problems that you're supposed to take a chance on. I don't know about that, man. Like, there, there's just so much that I wanted to see out of Kayshawn starting in August, and I saw none of it all year so i this is a, a complete stay away for me and this is just the next you know nail in the coffin for me there's been like five nails that have gone in the <laughs> coffin this is the the next one he's he's off my board at this point i mean for where 
somebody in your league is going to draft him, yeah, he's off my like board. top of the second. Someone's probably going to take a chance on him. I, I wouldn't. I well, I and we're going to find out what happens with him come the NFL draft because I mean. You're talking about a situation here where, like I said, the tape this year was bad. The athletic scores are terrible and there's off the field stuff. So honestly, it does feel like Kayshawn probably is going to fall to day three in the NFL. And at that point, I think it's pretty easy to stay away from him from a dynasty perspective because you're really, there's nothing to even hang your hat on really anymore except maybe you're hanging on to the player you remembered from two years ago. But yeah, no, he's, you know, he, he's, he's basically off, off my radar at this point. Yeah. He's a complete stay away. If he's going to do well, he can do well on somebody else's roster. It's not going to be mine. Right. Um, the other one is not quite so cut and dry because no. he's certainly not off my board, but it wasn't quite what I was expecting from Jordan Addison. This is where the testing and the tape really come to head. And you have to, you have to remind yourself that tape is still King. These numbers are only numbers. And what you see on film is what you should trust in most cases. But that being said, Jordan Addison, I mean, did not, have any of the numbers than I was expecting him to have. And you can start at the 40. I mean, he looks way faster than this on tape and it just did not show up on the track. Yeah. This is the case where maybe, maybe you don't run the 40 and just like people think, Oh, well he's probably in the four fours people. Cause I, I kept copying him to Chris Olave. Cause that that's what I feel is right, and that that's mostly off of the that was in the Pittsburgh fil, film era before we got to USC, and he kind of changed his play style. But when he was at Pitt, it felt like him and Chris Olave had pretty similar games, and Olave, I I think I said ran like he ran a four three something, and it was pretty low. It was like four three five in that range, and. I expected Addison to be higher than that, but not four four nine higher than that. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I the the route running, the separation ability is elite, but all of these athletic numbers are bad. I mean, like we said with Kayshawn was four seven three, Addison's five point eight two on the athleticism on all of it, and I mean he's thin. We talk about. Uh, there was the huge concerns with Devontae Smith being six foot one sixty six. Addison's five eleven one seventy one, and we got to keep the same energy that we did with Devontae Smith because Devontae was the Heisman. He had like two thousand yards at Alabama playing against SEC corners, going up against Derek Stingley and like top five corner prospects, and Addison got to play out West and got to play against Utah and with Caleb Williams. And this is a little bit concerning. There's, there's a couple red flags popping up with Addison. There's one takeaway for me, initial takeaway. When I look at this, I mean, like I said, not gonna, you know, he's not 
plummeting down the board because of these numbers. But one thing I will say is that I think this, the combine really did a lot to solidify the fact that this wide receiver class is JSN. And then a tier that I don't really know if I want to mess with. Yeah. And then I'm okay waiting for some of the later guys, because I think the discrepancy between Jordan Addison at fifth overall and Tyler Scott at 20th overall, I, you know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that Tyler Scott is better than Jordan. I'm just saying <laughs> no, for the cost. That's not what that means. Yeah, it's for value. the cost that you have to pay. I mean, I. I just. I that t- that tier of receivers, man. Johnston, Addison. I mean, it's just. I'm not. I'm not ready to call those guys high mid firsts. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if your super flex draft went Bijan, Anthony Richardson, Jameer Gibbs. Bryce Young, Zach Charbonnet, CJ Stroud. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if wide receiver doesn't even like sniff the top six, seven, eight. Like you could you could convince me Zach Evans should come in before or Jackson and then like right. Zach Evans and then after before, Jackson. Yeah, after before Jackson. before you get into that, like you said, that second tier receiver. I could see four running backs go, five running backs go. Like that that that's the concern i have with this class is do we have a guy that's gonna walk in and become a wide receiver one like there's just so many red flags with all these guys they all play so differently they all play in such different circumstances that i man it's it's tough to sit here and be like yeah i'm gonna take johnston at six like i don't know man i would consider moving down if you can move that first for a player like i don't know and let me be clear, that's not a reaction to the combine. That is no. me coming yeah. in with that already and seeing this and being like, okay, I feel like that's real. <laughs> I feel like I'm right. I'm on right. the right track here. Yeah, it's kind of it's confirming what you've seen on tape. It's like, man, Addison and he did he did have an injury that he worked through. He had a back injury. So that could also, for Addison, relate. He's still, I, I mean, like like you said, he's not plummeting on the draft board. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a little concerning. Like I said, another red flag that I don't love. Right. Tight ends. They're all really athletic. Man. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's like, that's what the combine is made for, big guys to go fast. I mean, we you know, talking about this class, you, Everybody knows it's a bunch of really athletic dudes, really, really good tight end class, deep class. And I mean, that's really what it was. I mean, it's you can't really point to anybody who lost the combine for the tight end group. I mean, obviously winners here, Darnell Washington did what we expected him to do, which was be a massive, massive human being <laughs> that was extremely athletic, maybe even more athletic than i thought which i didn't think was possible but i mean the the he's he's fast he's like legitimately a fast player to go with all the other stuff uh, that's a part of his game yeah i heard 
that uh, this is the answer to what if LeBron played football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, I'm, man, six six two sixty five. Uh, uh, another thing was like this is like Jason Peters if he never bulked up to become a tackle because he played tight end back in the day. This is like a tackle you can put on the end of your line and also can dance and can jump and has hands. Uh, I mean, I talked about uh, mitts on Mingo. Uh, Darnell Washington, 11-inch hands. Like, from the top to the bottom of a piece of paper, like his thumb to his pinky, Jesus, Lord. Yeah, that's not, a... not to mention, you catch Darnell doing the sled drill. Yeah, yeah. Push that <laughs> thing like it didn't weigh anything, while every single other tight end struggled yeah, I, to the move The guy it. that followed him up, like, couldn't even move the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Darnell, he, like, lifted it up and just, like, walked it. Ted, what are they, man? What are they doing in Georgia? <laughs> like, Dude, man, guys, guys, insane. Um, he Darnell was your combine winner prediction. You were right. My combine mm-hmm. winner prediction, Luke Musgrave, also right. I mean, yeah, absolutely nine point nine five on the RAS. I, a lot of people were. I, I don't want to say skeptical, but I think Luke Musgrave was getting painted in almost this like crazy light like he was going to run like a four three forty or something as a tight end like four six one at 253 i mean that's crazy i mean he's he's a very fast player for the size and the explosive numbers were also incredible so he is the athlete that we thought he was and again he's doing everything right i'm I'm seeing him late first mock drafts more and more. I don't know if I'm there with him, but I'm just saying he's going to be higher uh, come NFL draft time than I think we're all prepared for in the dynasty community. Yeah, he he didn't do the agility drills, like the shuttle or the three cone. I just want to put out there that Darnell Washington had the third best shuttle in the entire combine. I didn't mention that. Third best out of everybody, not the third best tight end. You know, he was like right behind Jackson. <laughs> I, that six, doesn't six. make any sense to me, but my yeah. God. But is my he God. A freak? Yeah. Uh, but Musgrave, uh, this is the ascension that you were talking about yeah. pre senior bowl that we could see happen. This is a guy that has crazy long speed. He can uh, outrun almost anybody on crossers, drags, stuff like that. And he can get dirty in the trenches if he needs to. It's not his strong suit. Um, but yeah, you, you see the athleticism on display at the combine where he has the speed strength and the, the explosiveness. Sam Laporta, man, yep. very, I was very interested to see Sam Laporta and honestly, amazing, amazing performance from Sam Laporta. I was, I was blown away. I was so happy because the only thing with Laporta was the size. He, I mean, he did in fact come in under the six four that we kind of thought might happen. It's you know, over. It, <laughs> it's <laughs> over. No, he comes in at uh, let's see, what was it here? Six three two forty five. Yeah, so just over six three two forty five. I mean, 
obviously that's a smaller tight end, which we knew, but how do you make up for it? How about run, jump, and move with the best of the entire class? And that's what Sam Laporta did. 4.59 in the 40, 35-inch vert, you know, 4.25 in the shuttle. I mean, he was he was moving like he needed to at this size. And so I yeah, I mean, I still I'm still in. I'm still in on Laporta. I know he's you know, the 63 is not ideal, but he's a receiver first and foremost, and that's what he's going to do well at the NFL level, especially with how athletic he is. How does Iowa keep getting away with this? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, height's not a requirement to play tight end. That That's not the thing that I, I was most worried about. I right. was more worried about the weight than the height, and 245 is just fine for yep. a 6'3 frame. And he carries it well, and like you said, he showed out in this on the stage. And this is, this is kind of what we were hoping for. We mentioned his name kind of you know tentatively for the tight end episode we're like both of us were kind of shocked that each other had him as a, yeah. as our tight end threes because right. we we're like oh yeah you you saw the two and uh, i mean a lot of people are starting to catch on a little bit with laporta and combine did a lot to help that yeah for sure i mean the, the tight end class man it's it's excellent it's excellent and even guys that we haven't really talked about or maybe he didn't anticipate, but how about the most athletic tight end in the entire class, according to the RAS numbers? That's Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. This is a Penn State transfer. So you got that Penn State tight end pedigree, goes to Old Dominion and was just an absolute freak. Guess what number he hit, Colin? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Zach Koontz, I mean, we saw it happen last year with Jelani Woods, the rise of Jelani. Well, I mean, I would anticipate we're going to see a similar thing here with Koontz. I mean, it's a loaded tight end class. There's not a lot of, you know, moving. or You, you can't really move too far with some of these guys, but uh, this is the definition of deep because you get a guy like Koontz in the third, fourth round of your drafts and you feel pretty damn good about it. Yeah, this is... Uh, every single thing. This is lit up in green because he dominated every portion of this at six seven. Six seven, baby. Good God! I mean, the the comps are Jordan Cameron, Mike Kosicki, Luke Musgrave, and Jelani Woods <laughs> when it comes to our RAS score. Because yep. I mean, it, just as we expected, you know, Anthony Richardson got a ten. Zach Coots got a ten. You know, just as you know, we were lining them up and. <laughs> That's how we expected it to go. So yeah, the, every single thing just knocked out of the park. Earned himself a couple couple bucks. All right. Well, last week preview we broke him out. D line, linebacker, DB. This week we'll keep it short and sweet. Lump them in. IDPs, winners and losers. Before we start the conversation, Colin, I don't think we can start anywhere else than Jalen Carter. Because didn't do anything, but made all the headlines because of the story that came out shortly before the the interviews actually started. He was supposed to be at the podium, and the 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 story broke that he was getting charged in a in an incident, reckless driving, 
you know, there's more to the story. You can go look it up if you need to. But what you need to know is that he was charged and let out on bail and returned to Indianapolis. His, the counts against him are both misdemeanors, but the question marks remain. What will this mean for his draft stock, a player that could have very well been the first overall pick in this entire draft class? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Jalen Carter, we were waiting for the D lineman to start on that Thursday, and we found out that he was involved with the fatal crash that killed the Georgia staff member and a Georgia player. And then there was a warrant out. He went back to Athens, went to jail, got out on bond, and then came back to Indianapolis to, I think he got measured and did some private stuff. I don't think he did any public interviews. Uh, and then he released a statement saying basically he'll be fully exonerated, this, that, and I mean, whatever other PR stuff you got to do after that. Because I, this is just a horrible thing to somebody that is what's projected as the top five pick was some of some people's consensus number one player in the class. So, I mean, just a horrible, horrible thing to happen and uh, i mean you gotta think about like the stupidity of jalen carter doing like the same you think it automatically think of like henry ruggs and the reckless driving incident that he had that put him in jail and got him out of the league instantly and you you hope that's not the case with jalen carter but i mean it very well could be yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we'll see. There's no answers today, and I'm yeah. certainly not in a position to conjecture on what will be the outcome of this. But what I will say is that, I mean, regardless of his role in the situation, I mean, the fact that he was involved at all and most likely was racing in some capacity in the streets of Georgia, I mean, it's... It's not a good look for him, and it certainly adds to this idea of immaturity that was brought up by Todd McShay, who was lambasted, and I might have even shot a comment his way at some point anyway uh, for calling, you know, for saying that Jalen Carter had character concerns. Um, but, I mean, apparently he does. <laughs> apparently it, it was a thing, so... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think at this point, but had to bring it up because he was, is one of the best players in the entire draft class. Yeah. And we're not going to sit here and tell you like, Oh, take him out of your top 10. Cause we have no idea. Right. I mean, the, this is a developing story and I mean, at, at some point we'll figure out what's going on, but we're not quite there yet. As for players who did perform in Indianapolis, um, few winners from various position groups, but I can't start anywhere else than Nolan Smith on the D line department, because in this class of Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, I mean, all these top 
performing edge guys, all of whom, I mean, the ones who did perform, who did test, tested very well. Nolan Smith was the guy that we knew was a freak athlete, but man, is he a freak <laughs> athlete? I mean, damn, dude. Four, three, nine. How yeah. about that number? Okay, so you can go on to RAS and you can change the person's position to see how they would have tested at a different position. So I took Nolan Smith and I switched him to wide receiver. And it, this is DK Metcalf. <laughs> I mean, he's got a 9.99 RAS score at receiver. I mean, he ran faster than most of the receivers that we expected. Like Jordan Addison ran a, what was it, a 4-4-9? And yeah. he ran a whole tenth of a second faster than Addison. And the 10-yard split at 1-5-2? I mean, that's the one position that can benefit out of flying out of a track stance is a guy that's going to be on the edge and blowing up your offense coming off the edge. I mean, Jesus Christ. I can't believe these numbers. Listen, testing running backs, wide receivers. I mean, whatever it is, what it is. It's not the end all be all for edge matters quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, when you see, we talked about this last week in the preview, when you're talking about, in the trenches, athlete on athlete, who's going to win type of deal. Nolan Smith is a guy that rose up the draft boards after this. Ab I mean, it, absolutely. It, it happens every year. Trayvon Walker did it last year all the way to number one overall. I mean, it can happen with these edge guys. And Nolan Smith as a player who kind of was sitting in that limbo group and anywhere from mid first to even out of the first in some cases – He's a first-round pick, 100%. The question will be, how high does he go? And why is it 15th overall to the Packers? <laughs> it's definitely going to be 15th overall. Uh, it won't be lower than back. that. It won't be lower than that, I'll tell it, you that. Absolutely not. I mean, what the, the Patriots are also right there. And they right. <laughs> Josh Uche is the, the mold there of an undersized yeah. yep. DN that has freaky attributes. So many other edge players that tested really well i mean will anderson came in at over 250 ran a four six guy's a freak we know that i mean yep. these guys are good miles murphy didn't test he was hurt nursing something hamstring or something like that i think hamstring, so yeah um i mean athletic group the edge class this year is very very deep it's one of the deepest groups in the entire draft so plenty of guys to keep your eyes on there but i want to talk about a linebacker next who absolutely stole the show and his name's not trenton simpson despite the fact that he also had a very nice combine like we expected but jack campbell was even better then Trenton Simpson had a higher RAS than the prodigal king of the athletes in the linebacker room. I mean, this was, I was texting you all weekend, man. This was shocking to me. I had to do a lot of self-reflection <laughs> as to why I thought Jack Campbell wasn't this level of an athlete. 
I'm not going to say what I landed on, but I will say this is one of those where it, it does change a lot because I mean that you can't ignore this at this size to test like that. And I said last week, I mean, I went back and watched them. The agility looked really, really good. I just didn't know about the speed, the explosiveness. Well, who am I? Because I was, he had it all, man. He had it all. Yeah. Somebody told him that he was in pass coverage drills. Like, like I said beforehand, because the, the, the run defense, when you're coming downhill, it, it, it can be sloppy. But in the past coverage, he's just so fluid. And you see that in the shuttle. You see that in the three cone with elite numbers in both of those. Uh, he had a good vertical, a great broad jump. Came in at 6'4 and a half, 250, and then ran a 4'6'5. So, I mean, Campbell was my LB1, was my IDP2. He's going to stay firm there. And uh, this is just another little little star you know the, the jordan addison's getting red flags jack campbell gets a little star he's a gets a good noodle star maybe even give him a badge for this one just like the good old yeah. days yeah really um yeah so campbell and uh, like i said simpson both of them tested extremely well so two guys that you know top the class basically linebackers whether you you know one whichever way you want to go with it they both looked exceptional. Uh, DBs was a little bit weird. Yeah. Because I was, well, I think the players that we came and said we're most interested to see, Antonio Johnson and Jamie Robinson, both yeah. of them were pretty disappointing from an athletic standpoint. And Jamie specifically I, you know, he's an undersized player. You see a lot of explosion on his film or so I thought, but man, it did not show up with the testing. No, not at all. I, Jamie four, five, nine, 40 at five ten one ninety. You would have really liked to see that be a little faster or at least a better 10 yard, 20 yard split. Like to, to just show the burst that you think you see coming downhill you don't really see that had a very bad broad jump at nine foot uh, eight inches and then vertical 33 and a half uh, it's just all not not good at all and I, he's got small hands short arms like this is all a little bit concerning to round out the four eight nine uh, ras score it, it was just all like oh man i was really hoping to see see something and i i mean that's right right in range with the the disappointment we saw around kashan who had the 473 it's right in that range in a disappointing combine yeah so i mean that one's weird more more of a like a sleeper db for me that maybe isn't so much of a sleeper anymore maybe he's right. just let him let him fall and see what happens but uh, Johnson is a guy that I'm still, I still really, really like, I wasn't expecting yeah. him to be the most athletic player at the combine, but was expecting him to be a little bit better than this, what he ended up being. Um, but again, I mean, it's not, it's not the end of the world for a guy like this. Yeah. I, he tests 
fine if you test him as a strong safety rather than a free safety. It looks pretty bad. There's a little more green if you test him as a strong safety. Uh, the four five two is not super fast, but has a little more burst, and yeah. he's he's pretty big. I mean, six two, about two hundred. Uh, why why do you go to the bench? Why why do you do that to yourself? You, eight reps. Just get the bench, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I, I hate to, I hate to say it, cause like I'm not pumping out eight reps to two twenty five. But man, Antonio, you know, maybe, maybe take a break, you know, rest up for the vertical broad jump and vertical broad jump were basically the same as Jamie Robinson. I mean, thirty one on the vertical, nine foot ten on the broad, not great. So, as for the DBs who performed well, one of them. Kind of knew that was coming. Sidney Brown. I mean, yep. Jesus, this guy is a freak. And honestly, he's going to be one of my favorite favorite DBs in the class. I mean, after this sort of top tier of guys with Brian Branch and Antonio Johnson, I mean, Sidney Brown might be the next man up for me. I mean, you see the kind of numbers that he puts up in, in an environment like this where you expect it. And then you go back, watch his film, and you see it kind of show up on the field where he's just all over the place, moving like a crazy maniac and laying the lumber when he lines it up properly, that is. But, man, he's he's an exciting player for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, the comps that they have on uh, the RAS site is Troy Palomalu. Oof. And now I'm looking at Troy Palomalu's next to his and <laughs> – Palomalu ran a four three five, and had a forty three inch vertical. God, yeah. Uh, but Brown, I had a had a great day, and I mentioned him before with uh, Chase Brown, and both of them just came out and were ready to dominate the combine, and they, I mean, they did, did it, not man. disappoint. Yeah, they, they did, did not disappoint. I got to give one one last shout out. I got to give it to your guy, man. Jason Taylor the second. Yeah. So we were talking about this guy throughout the season. He was having a hell of a season uh, at Oklahoma State as a DB. We weren't really sure what to think about him. He's an older player coming out this year, but man, he had a ridiculous combine. Yeah, we're like sitting here, we don't know what exactly Jason Taylor the second is. You know, is he actually a good <laughs> safety or what's going on here? There's a little bit of inconsistency, but came out and had a great day. Like you said, I mean that the, the speed and the explosive scores were exceptional. I mean, the, the as five eleven two Oh four and he had a 43 inch vert and then the, the four or five in the 40 had a, had a very, very good day. So that's it. That's the combine. I mean, there's there's many, many more names we could have talked about, but I mean, we're already buffering up against an hour and a half and we talked about maybe a quarter of the field. So maybe. yeah, probably not even close <laughs> this to that. Is, this so, is the, the director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like I keep saying and will continue to say i mean this is not the end-all be-all of the process i mean these guys are not going to be significantly moving around in my big board at all uh at least not yet i'm i gotta go back and watch some tape on some of them um but 
it's exciting nonetheless to put some numbers behind these guys, guys that we've watched. I mean, it, it, it hit a little bit different this year. I'm not going to lie. Seeing guys that we were watching in September in at the combine. I mean, yeah. for all the it years feels so that I've, close, I know like for all the years that I've followed the draft super closely and done all this stuff, I've never done this where it's, you know, week one college football into the combine seeing those guys. So that was, it was fun. A lot of fun. And I'm excited for what is to come next. I teased it last week, but we're going to kind of kickstart our path to the draft next week. We got a lot of NFL draft related content coming up alongside of our dynasty draft content. And that starts next week with our first camp dynasty community mock draft we want to hear from the people that have been listening to us talking for many many months now about these campers we want to hear what you think so we will put together a a mock draft link for anybody can join first come first serve we'll get that set up we'll you know we'll be tweeting that out on the twitter handle more details to come so make sure you're following us there at camp underscore dynasty to get involved with that Um, But I'm really, really excited to see how it shakes out. And we'll come back next week and break it all down. Talk about, you know, what if it's what we expected, maybe some surprises in there. But things are certain to get shaken up just a bit off the heels of the combine. That's for sure. Yeah, we get to get out of our little bubble that we've been in, you know. Right. You and I going back and forth. We've been like, yeah, I know exactly what your big board is. You know exactly what my big board is. And exactly. We've been yeah going through these rankings and everything. So it'll be nice to see what, you know, everybody that's been tuning in actually thinks of what these players are. So when, when Kayshawn goes 110 and they're like, you guys are idiots, we can, right. we can see that in real time right. and react to it. Exactly. So I'm super pumped for that. Super excited to see how it shakes out. So like I said, follow us on Twitter for more details there. Be sure to also follow us on TikTok at camp.dynasty. We got weekly content coming out there. So stay tuned for that. Um, Listen here every week, man. We'll be here. Like I said, the draft is coming up way quicker than I (laughs) I mean, we're it's we're on the path now here. Post combine already, so we're gonna get into plenty of that every single Tuesday. A new camp dynasty is dropping. So, give us a follow, give us a rating, let us know what you love and what you hate. We want to hear all of it. And with that, thank you for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.